please welcome in our new sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com and you'll discover that Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Underdog Fantasy lets you draft a fantasy dream team in minutes. Sign up now with the code POWERTRIP and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. That's right, deposit $100 and get $100 for free. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use that promo code POWERTRIP and get your first deposit doubled up by $100 by Underdog. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code POWERTRIP today. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
Hello and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz, right here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire right here on the TMPT feed each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast. We're talking about some of the greatest moments, matches, and feuds ever in the history of the business during that golden era of wrestling, 1984 to 1993, known as the Hogan Era, the era that made Vince McMahon a billionaire each and every week here of course we're talking about guys like rowdy roddy piper andre the giant macho man randy savage king kong bundy the one man gang big boss man mr wonderful paul orndorff jesse the body ventura the undertaker rick the nature boy flair and so much more We've been talking about so many of the legendary feuds here on the show. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about some great tag team partners and some rare tag team partners. And that's where we're going to be headed this week with another very rare tag team partner. Somebody that was super over as a babyface in the WWF during the Hogan era. And really, it lasted a little bit longer than the Hogan era. And that is the one and only Coco Beware. Coco Beware, as everybody knows or maybe should know really made a big name for himself in the memphis area florida as well but really that memphis area for the cwa where he had quite a damn good run seven time awa southern tag team champion there mostly with norville austin but also with bobby eaton one time with dutch mantel and one time with stan the man lane as well he is, of course, a Memphis Hall of Famer, just an absolute legend there. Of course, when you go to the USWA, he's a world tag team champion and a two-time USWA a world heavyweight champion as well. Everyone knows him as the Birdman. He is one of the most popular and probably famous acts in the WWF. Everybody knows him from Pile Driver, singing that great song on that great album. Really, though, when he signs with WWF, He's a fun-loving babyface, pure babyface. Of course, like I mentioned, he is the Birdman. He was formerly known as Coco Ware. Vince very smartly goes, well, we'll just call him Coco Beware. I mean, it really, uh, just a perfect, I mean, just goes perfectly. It's just uh, one of those things that just rolls off the tongue. Now you don't even think about it, don't even bat an eye in it. Like, wow, Coco Ware, Coco Beware, Coco Beware. I mean, everyone knows that for sure. And then, of course, he had his bird, the trusted macaw. Frankie, and of course, uh, that immediately took to him as a huge baby face with the crowds. You know, that's funny in that era. You know, you know, the Bulldogs had their their Bulldog Matilda, uh, Jake the Snake had a snake. Eventually, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's gonna have a Kimono Dragon. I mean, just um, maybe corny and campy in certain ways, but it really fit that era, especially when I was a kid. It really just uh, hit home perfectly and really hit that era of the Hogan era just absolutely perfectly. I thought he fit the era pretty perfectly as well so really when we kind of get into coco it starts in 1986 all the way back in august of 86 and if you look at it he ends his run in 1994 obviously post hogan ever but we'll get into that in just a second his first match ever in the wf 826 1986 superstars of wrestling number one the first ever superstars 
Jim the Anvil Nightheart and Brett the Hitman Heart of the Heart Foundation defeated Coco and Paul Roma in about two minutes. So a little bit of an auspicious start there for Coco, but then he starts hitting on all cylinders, winning matches on Wrestling Challenge, the first ever Wrestling Challenge in 1986, defeated Bob Bradley in three minutes in Hartford, Connecticut. Goes on to beat the Brooklyn Brawler Steve Lombardi, Mr. X, a.k.a. Danny Davis under hood. Randy Barber, the Gladiator on WWF Wrestling Challenge. The Gladiator, of course, also known as Rick Hunter. Then he goes on to beat Moondog Spot. Goes to beat, shockingly, Harley Race at a show on 10-13-1986 in the Brandon Burn Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. He beats the legendary Iron Mike Sharp. He beats the Red Demon. He defeats Tiger Chung Lee. He defeats Moondog Rex. He's got a match which was a pretty good one, a wrestling challenge, number 11, his first real big match, 10-29-1986 versus the Macho Man Randy Savage in Glens Fall, New York. Shockingly, goes to a double countout, so he doesn't even get the loss there. His first real loss as far as one-on-one competition is concerned is two house shows in a row, one on 11-2, one on 11-3, 1986, one in Springfield, Mass., one in Uniondale, Long Island, New York, both to Hercules, the mighty Hercules. He has back-to-back draws with King Harley Race and Greg Valentine on house shows in PA and Missouri. He then gets an intercontinental title shot on the 14th of November of 1986 and loses to the Macho Man Randy Savage in San Diego, California. Then he gets a bunch of TV wins against jobbers Bobby Colt and Rick Renslow for taking some house show losses to Hercules, but then bounces back and gets a big win on MSG TV over Jimmy Jack Funk, a.k.a. Jesse Barg, and a big win over him in New York City in about 8 minutes and 45 seconds on 11-24-86. Him and the Coco Beware, excuse me, and the, he of course Coco Beware, excuse me, him and the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair and Jumper Jim Brazil defeat Mike Luca, Buddy, Buddy Ryder, and the legendary I'm Not Booked, Dennis Stamped in about three minutes, 12-9-1986, Superstars of Wrestling, number 16th. Yes, that is the legendary Dennis Stamped, the one and only. He then defeats Frenchie Martin, also on a taping of Wrestling Challenge uh, the day after on 12-10-86 from Tucson, Arizona. Takes a bunch of losses to Jake the Stank Roberts and Adrian Adonis, but really, in the grand scheme of things, kept pretty strong on TV and didn't really take too many losses defeating Coco Beware, defeating uh, the Brooklyn Brawler Steve Lombardi on Superstore Staping number 20 from the Brendan Murderina in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That match went three minutes and 30 seconds. That was on one five eighty seven Wrestling Challenge taping from Hershey, PA, one six eighty seven. King Harley Race defeated Coco right then and there from the Hershey Park Arena. So finally, King Harley Race, as he get, heads towards uh, Hulkamania and he heads towards the Hulk Hogan feud, really in 87, huge Hogan feud, uh, he's getting some wins finally over, over Coco Beware after taking some shocking losses. He starts a little bit of a brief feud on the house show circuit with the Honky Tonk Man. They actually have a couple of TV matches. Uh, one, more impressively, happens on 2-14-87 from the Philly Spectrum in Philly, PA, Honky Tonk Man, Defeats Coco in 5 minutes, 15 seconds on the PRISM network. But on TV, he gets wins over Iron Mike Sharp and Barry O. He is getting a big win on MSG over Sika in 5 minutes at Madison Square Garden on 223.87. Of course, that was on the MSG network. 
part of the big battle royal on Saturday night's main event number 10, which was, of course, won by the mighty Hercules. He gets a big win on 311-1987 Wrestling Challenge TV taping Columbus, Ohio, over a Johnny Canine. Some people may remember that name from the Vice TV's Dark Side of the Ring. He is, of course, Bruiser Bedlam. He gets a big win over Jimmy Jack Funk again on TV on Superstars. Then, of course, WrestleMania three comes around bigger, better, better. Butch Reed defeats Coco Beware in about four minutes from the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. Big, big show and obviously a big match for Butch Reed as he defeats Coco there. Coco and the Killer Bees get a win over Pete Doherty, Steve Lombardi, and Terry Gibbs in three minutes. On Superstars from Worcester, Mass. on 4-23-87. That might be the super team of jobbers that I've ever heard. I love that. The Brooklyn Brothers, Steve Lombardi, Pete Doherty, and Terry Gibbs. It's a pretty damn good jobber team right there. I'm absolutely loving that. Then we're going to start getting into some Hogan matches. Of course, Hogan was a part of that battle royal as well that Hercules won, but as far as Hogan and Coco teaming together, 529-87 and 6287. They have two tag team matches together. Pretty awesome. We go to the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh P. Hogan and Coco defeated Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man. Then on 620, excuse me, 6287, Hogan and Cook Beware then defeat Kamala and the Honky Tonk Man. Technically a, a dark match, but as part of the Superstars taping number 42 from Buffalo, New York, that match almost went 15 minutes as Hogan and Coco get the win. Pretty awesome pairing together of those two. Pretty awesome team. You absolutely got to love that. He's getting some TV wins over Barry Horowitz and Terry Gibbs. Him and Jim Brunzel are teaming up on the house show circuit, teaming up a little bit and getting some DQ victories over the Heart Foundation. As we roll through 87, he continues to get some TV wins. Him and the Rougeos even team together on Superstars, defeating Billy Anderson, Leroy Moulton, and Rudy, Rudy Ryder. Then takes a bunch of losses on house shows to Ted DiBiase, but gets back in the, not winning ways, but uh, interesting ways here. Primetime Wrestling 9-20-87 from the Maple Leafs Gardens in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. King Harley Race and Coco Beware go to a time limit draw. Over 20 minutes there for a time limit draw. He's got a house show match where he's going to time limit draw with the outlaw Ron Bass. So for the most part, he's kept pretty damn strong. And on 10-7-1987, Coco and the Killer Bees defeated Johnny V and the Dream Team of Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine on a wrestling challenge from Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's going three minutes and 30 seconds. Johnny V taking a loss there, but still pretty big, uh, pretty big loss there. For uh, the uh, for the dream team and Johnny V, so we roll on into 1987. Or roll on into 1987. We go to Saturday night's main event number 14. Greg Valentine defeats Coco Beware seven minutes thirty seconds. Landover, Maryland. So let's roll into 1988. Coco is you know he's a pretty much a fixture on Wrestling Challenge and Superstars. Always get the wins over guys like Pete Sanchez and Danny Davis. Takes a loss on the Prison Network on 3-12-1988 to Dino Bravo in nine minutes at the Philly Spectrum. Of course, that's where all the Prism Network tapings were. Then a huge pay-per-view match, WrestleMania for what the world is watching. The Trump Plaza Convention Center, Atlantic City, New Jersey, 3-27-88. Bobby Heenan and the Islanders, Haku and Tama, defeated Coco and the British Bulldogs. Of course, Dynamite 
and Davey Boy. The match went seven minutes and 30 seconds. As we kind of roll through 88 here, Rick Rude is going to defeat Coco on Saturday night's main event. That's Saturday's main event number 16. Rude is then going to beat him on the Nessum Network. Then we're going to go on. He's still going to be featured on Superstars and Wrestling Challenge and getting wins over a bunch of job guys there as well. He's got some house show matches against Bobby the Stain, if you will, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Heenan is shockingly getting some wins there as the Heenan family is going to go over Coco and the Bulldogs on some house shows and MSG Network as well. He'll still get wins over uh, Steve Lombardi and Larry Sampson on Wrestling Challenge and Superstars as we roll on with 1988. Here's a big SummerSlam match for Coco Beware on 829-88. The Mega Powers meet the Mega Bucks, Master Square Garden, New York, New York. The Boss Man defeats Coco Beware in six minutes there. Then one of my favorite matches of all time. If you're a fan of the show, you, you know this pretty well. 11-28-1988 Survivor Series 88. My favorite Survivor Series team of all time. The Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, and the Mega Powers Hogan and Savage defeated the Twin Towers. Akeem, the Big Boss Band, Ted DiBiase, Haku, and the Red Rooster in about 29 minutes. Love that match. Hogan and Savage, of course, are the sole survivors, but absolutely love that match. One of my favorites. Probably my favorite Survivor Series match easily. Saturday Night's Main Event, number 19, Sundome, Tampa, Florida. Mr. Perfect defeats Coco in about three minutes there in at the end of 1988. We roll into 89. Coco and Hogan are both in the Royal Rumble together. They both obviously get eliminated, both lose. That's on 11, excuse me, 115-89 Summit in Houston, Texas. Big John Studd is your winner of that Royal Rumble there you have some interesting tv matches for coco loses the boss man on tv but then he beats the black knight uh at a superstars taping black knight was billy anderson and we go on into 88 he's still getting strong tv wins not losing too much he loses however though to the warlord at an msg taping on 7 10 1989 the match went seven minutes wbf on m s when you look at Coco and his run, I mean, his winning percentage is pretty impressive. But as you kind of move on to the top of the card, and he's wrestling guys uh, of a higher ilk. He's definitely going to be taking some losses. But still, that being said, I mean, it's pretty damn uh, impressive run there for Coco. Royal Rumble number uh, three here, and technically Royal Rumble 90, 121 90. The Royal Rumble is, of course, won by Hulk Hogan. Coco gets uh, eliminated in that one. Has a few TV matches and house show matches, losing to the one and only bad news. Brown, Rick the Model Martel, defeats Coco Beware at WrestleMania 6, the ultimate challenge. Of course, that was at the Sky Dome in Toronto, Ontario. That match went 5 minutes and 30 seconds. As we roll on by, as Coco is moving down the card, but still getting a ton of house show victories over guys like Boris Zukov. He's taking losses to Sergeant Slaughter and the Orient Express on TV. Survivor Series 1990, the Million Dollar Team, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Ted DiBiase, the Honky Tuck Man, and The Undertaker defeated the Dream Team of Dusty Rhodes, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil Lightheart, and Coco Beware in 14 minutes. That's, of course, Survivor Series 1990 from Hartford, Connecticut at the Hartford Civic Center. Coco, of course, is the first person ever 
to take the Tombstone Power Driver and take the loss in the WWF to the dead man, the Undertaker. Royal Rumble 1991, the Mountie defeats Coco Beware in nine minutes. Miami, Florida at the Miami Arena. Good showing there. He'll take a loss in the Babyface versus Babyface match on MSG to Tito Santana. Take a bunch of house show losses to the Barbarian. He'll lose to Demolition Crush. He'll actually take a bunch of house show losses to Jimmy Snuka in Babyface matches as well. There's a blindfold match on 3-11-1991, the kind of the precursor to WrestleMania 7. Rick Martel defeats Coco in that blindfold match, 4 minutes and 30 seconds. This was, of course, on the road to WrestleMania 7 from Pensacola, Florida. Not on Mania that year. Maybe he should have been, but he was not on WrestleMania that year. And he's still, you know, he's on TV, but he's not really getting too many wins. He's losing on Superstars to the Natural Disasters. He's losing on MSG to the Warlord again. A kind of a rematch from a couple of years earlier as we roll right through 91 into 1992. And the high-energy tag team is created. And that is, of course, Coco Beware and Owen Hart. They get a bunch of victories over the Beverly Brothers, Bo and Blake, but they will take some losses to them as well. Um, probably more losses... I mean, excuse me, more wins than losses, but still uh, just an interesting time in the WWF in that period where, you know, they still had the monster tag teams, guys like the Natural Disasters and Legion of Doom, but you had the Nasty Boys as well and the and the Beverly Brothers, but guys like Owen and Coco, very small, very, you know, small tag team, but a very good one. But they'll take some house show losses to the Nasty Boys, but also get some victories as well to beat the Executioners. Uh, on primetime wrestling on 6 1, 1992, they get a world tag team title shot against Money Inc., IRS, and Million Dollar Man, Tiddy Biasi. But they will take the loss there by countout. The match goes 8 minutes and 45 seconds. Kind of keeping high energy strong through most of 1992. Um, kind of exchanging wins back and forth with the former WF tag team champions, the Nasty Boys. A lot of house show wins for high energy over the Nasty Boys as we roll through 1992. Um, and heading into 1993, there's a superstar taping on 10 where Money Inc. will defeat High Energy in about four minutes from Saskatchewan, Canada. Then the Head Shrinkers come into play, and they'll take a bunch of wins, actually, a ton of house show wins over High Energy heading into 1993. Coco Beware on 111. 1993, the first ever Monday Night Raw from the Manhattan Center in New York. Yokozuna defeats Coco Beware three minutes and 45 seconds. That's actually the first match on TV and actually the first match ever in the history of Monday Night Raw. Of course, Royal Rumble 1993 would, of course, be won by Yokozuna. Sacramento, California, 124, 1993. The high-energy tag team would defeat Iron Mike Sharp and Von Kruss. In one minute, 30 seconds on 2-1-1993, that would be the Raw taping number four. Von Crust, of course, Big Vito. That was at the Manhattan Center in New York, New York. Doink then defeats Coco Beware on 3-1-1993. From the Manhattan Center, that was the Raw number seven. Skinner gets a bunch of wins over Coco on house shows. Then there's a TV match on Monday Night Raw, 3-21-94. Jeff Jarrett defeats Coco Beware five minutes from Poughkeepsie, New York. IRS then defeats Coco on superstars from Lowell Mass. And then finally, part of WBF Mania, Coco Beware defeats Sebastian Booger in about five minutes on TV there from White Plains, New York. His last match in the WBF was a victory 
Hoka Beware and Bushwhacker Luke defeats Barry Horowitz and Reno Reagan 7 1994 at a house show in Singapore, of all places. Interesting. Run his last TV match, 525-94. He lost to Owen Hart in about three minutes and 20 seconds. Obviously, a heel, Owen Hart, the king of hearts, defeating his old tag team partner there. Technically speaking, his last match, you could say, a part of the Hogan era, 328-1993, losing to Skinner at a house show in L.A. before making his return a, exactly a year later in 1994 on Raw, losing to Jeff Jarrett. So, Coco Beware, what a run, 1986 to 1994, and he is a WWE Hall of Famer, and he did ha- get to have a bunch of matches with the immortal Hulk Hogan. So that's about it. Loving talking about some of these rare tag teams that Hulk was in in the Hogan era, giving his Hogan dust and giving a rub to the guys that need it and quite frankly do deserve it. Gotta give, you know, gotta give back to the great guys, the great talent, the great mid-card, the great upper mid-card, the great characters of the Hogan era. So let's hit the plugs. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. Head over to tpublic, tpublic.com slash stores slash tmpt and get your Hogan era t-shirt today. Thank you everybody for listening. See you right back here next week for a little Hogan era podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip where the power lies brother. We are back at the event center. The Survivor Series taking place live from the Rickfield Coliseum Thanksgiving night. Each man having his own reason for stepping into the ring, some with more incentive than others. Hulk Hogan cannot wait to meet the team of five co-captained by the big boss man, Anarchim. Right now, the Hulkster is standing by with co-captain, the macho man, Randy Savage, the mighty Hercules, and the bird man, Coco Beware. Just like this chain unites us as one man, this is symbolic of what went down when the mighty Hercules united us, man. With our tippy-tippy toes in the ocean, hanging on the palm trees on each side, holding each other's hands, when Hercules screamed, unite us heavens as Hulkamaniacs. We were struck with a lightning. Hillbilly Jim, Hercules, Coco, the Macho Man, and myself. All fighting is one, all thinking is one, will explode at one given time in the Survivor Series. And Coco, beware, I want you to hit him high with those aerial drop kicks. I'm going high, brother, and I'm looking for a rooster. And cause the fellas are going to be flying all over that ring. Isn't that right, Macho Man? Ooh, yeah. Unchain our hearts, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking, yeah. this is the time that complete mental insanity is the answer. The Survivor Series, and this man ain't right. He's ready. Yeah. Who says lightning ain't gonna strike twice? It happened once and it brought us together. United, it's gonna happen together. Yeah, I love you. What people don't realize, man, with the aerial assault, man, with the macho man's cunningness, with all my Hulkamaniacs, the added incentive is Hercules, the newest Hulkamaniac, yeah. the strongest man in the world, will hold up the bottom end. 
do not need much of a push to face the team across the ring. It will all take place at the Survivor Series Thanksgiving night. Here's how you are going to see this spectacular event. See the Survivor Series Thanksgiving night on a pay-per-view basis in the Chantilly, Virginia area through media general cable's top event. In the state of Maryland, in the Rockville area, Cable TV Montgomery, Cable Plus in Hagerstown area, Antium Cable TV, in Gambrill, Jones Intercable, in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, TV Cable of are in the ring now that can sing well. Yeah, tell me something. Michael Jackson is going for $2.50 an album. How much do you get? I uh -huh. sold 5 million copies. Yeah, but that's no, not the no, question. No, 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 no. For a rate, what did he, you... He's getting $2. Let's just watch the Macho King Randy Savage. How about that? Don't talk about the financial responsibilities of the record company. Uh, you know, one comment just if you have been the World Wrestling Federation champion once, and you possibly could be again, you'd think you'd have the strength to walk to the ring by yourself. I have an interesting situation for you. I'm right. At the Royal Rumble, where it's every man for himself, it could be that the Macho King Randy Savage by that time is a champion. However, in the event he is not, He'll be looking on as Sergeant Slaughter has his opportunity to be champion facing the ultimate warrior. And as he's looking on, whom do you feel he'll be rooting for? Oh, he'll be hating it. That costume will be green instead of pink with envy. He won't be rooting for anybody. He'll be just sitting back there crying and insulting and woo-hooing and hoping he wins the Royal Rumble so maybe he can get one more shot at either Slaughter or the ultimate well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. While you're making all your assumptions, why don't you assume that he will be the heavyweight champion? Okay, good uh, Then... Um, then he's in the Royal Rumble, but he won't be defending a championship. And then again, we still are going to see that matchup with Sergeant Slaughter and the Ultimate Warrior. I'm looking forward to that one, whether there's a championship involved or not. Me too. I hope the Ultimate Warrior just takes Sergeant Slaughter, that pig's head, right off. Why don't you, uh, don't hold back on hot rod. I'm sorry, it's, it's Christmas time, you know. Yes, and I'm with a puke like Slaughter, you want to take it easy Why Christmas. Why talk like that? Have you heard what he's been saying? About who? Uh-oh, wait a minute. Stay with the matchup here. Frankie looking on and uh, Christmas spirit. You think the Macho King would take his hat and his glasses off, wouldn't you? Coco beware now. Off the rope. Elbow. Down he goes. Oh, here we go. Feeling confident. I guess so. Uh, he may be the champion. Oh, he's feeling very... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh two, yes. Almost an upset. Yeah. Boy, did that kick him off. Certainly did. Almost only works in horseshoes, Roddy. You know that. Off the top rope. Macho King Randy Savage trying to dominate not only his opponent, Coco Beware, but the official in the ring as well. Much as though he dominated many officials and the Ultimate Warrior not long ago in a matchup that involved Ted DiBiase. 
crashing that scepter into the rib area. He didn't down him to the throat. That was hard. Vicious, vicious, fast, vicious. That's one thing about Sam. He springs like a cat. And, you know, although he just looks like your normal, powerful man, you know what? He's got extra tendon strength that people don't even know about. I have fought him myself, and he is one tough dude. All right, I've got something else for you here for you and Honky Tonk. If you're the ultimate warrior, wait a minute, let's stay with this. Oh, yeah! That breaker, nicely done by Coco. Come on, Coco, get it! Coco with his back now in the corner and all the way up to the high top risk, of the lead. High-risk move. Ooh. Ouch. Missed it by just that much. <laughs> I've got another question for you guys. If you are the ultimate warrior, World Wrestling Federation champion, you're looking at the Royal Rumble. You know you have to face Sergeant Slaughter, but prior to that, you're going to face the Macho King Randy Savage. That's got to be a very difficult ooh, situation to be in. What about it? How about it? Well, let me say this. Well, I, let me take this. You sure? Yes, because I've been a champion before. And if you're the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, you take one match at a time. You don't think down the road. But you have to think down the road, Hot Rod. You've got the Royal Rumble looming right there on the horizon against Sergeant Slaughter. What a competitor. And you got this man on your back all the way to the Rumble, maybe even after it. Right now, the Macho King on the top rope and down with the elbow. You're going to answer that question. Yes, that, what I was going to say is that may be what the Ultimate Warrior is going to see. The last thing he's going to see is Macho. Nobody does it better than Macho. Look at that face. Look at that guy. That's the guy that's going for the title. If I was, uh, if I was the Ultimate Warrior, I'd take a deep breath and go full steam ahead. Wouldn't care about nothing. Only way to go. And I remind you, gentlemen, let's remain in the Christmas spirit. I'm trying my best. Merry Christmas, Honker. Merry Christmas.